0: Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Mike Rosenberg from Columbia Credit Union. Mike says they trust what they see and hear on OPB, and that aligns with Columbia Credit Union's brand.
1: This is Think Out Loud on OPB. I'm Dave Miller. For the 10th consecutive year, U.S. News & World Report has named Oregon State University one of the top places in the country to get an undergraduate degree online. OSU was an early adopter of remote learning. It started more than 20 years ago. Today, students in all 50 states and nearly 60 countries attend courses virtually through OSU's eCampus. Online enrollment grew more than 10% last year. Joanne Malumalayumu was one of those online students. She graduated last year. She is an enrolled member of the Confederated Tribes of the Umatilla Indian Reservation. Lisa Templeton is OSU's vice provost for eCampus. They both join me now. It's great to have both of you on Think Out Loud.
2: Thank you. It's nice to be here. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you.
1: Lisa, first, I think that for a lot of people, online education conjures up maybe the pandemic or relatively recent times. I was surprised to see that you at OSU have been doing this for more than 20 years. Why did you start?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Oregon State University, as you're aware, is the land-grant institution uh, for the state of Oregon. And because of this, access is part of our mission. So what we have always been doing with eCampus, our online education division, is trying to provide access to learners to what we offer here in Corvallis. So we know we have students in Eastern Oregon, like Joanne. We know we have, you know, that working mom up in Portland um, who has a day job, has kids to put to bed, and then the only time she would have to study would be the evening. Um, So not everyone could get to Corvallis, Oregon, you know, at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday for a class. So how are we going to provide access to what we offer here uh, to learners around the state? And that's really where eCampus stemmed from. We thought, let's create online quality programs for learners around the state and Then it took off uh, because it's online. We found that we have learners all around the country who are interested, and then we grew with our reputation and our vast array of programs uh, to learners around the world. So when we developed eCampus, it was really about that land grant mission. Um, But uh, if you would have asked me then, you know, would you, you know, have this many learners from all around the world? I would have been shocked. But well, um, well, back then though,
1: back then before Zoom, before broadband, not that it's everywhere, but before internet that for many people is fast enough that they can have streaming video or live video feeds. I mean, what was it like technologically?
0: Yeah, and I guess I want to clarify, our classes aren't like a Zoom you. So if you watched your kids in the bedroom during the pandemic, just, you know, staring at a screen, listening to a teacher, that's not what we do in eCampus. Um, so I guess first to answer your question, before the technology was there, we did all sorts of things. Um, we grew from a division that was more of a continuing ed division where actually faculty would drive to different locations and teach courses. And then we had actually VHS tapes that we would video faculty and we would ship them out. Um, and then as the um, um, online you know, prevailed, the web, we were able to do things better. And so what we do in our classes, it's not a Zoom view, it's not a faculty lecturing at a student for 15 minutes. That's that's not even good in a site-based classroom, having someone lecture at you for 15 minutes. Hmm. So what we do is we create um, interactive classes and the best online class has three forms of interaction. We have the student interacting with the faculty member, the students interacting with other students and the student interacting with the content. And the technology, every year, I'm like, wow, we couldn't do that last year. There's a new tool that's going to enable us to do something different. So, you know, where we were and where we've come night and day. Um, and so right now, these are really engaging courses um, that are designed for working adults. It's not just staring at a screen.
1: Joanne Malumaleumu. Can you describe your day job? Lisa mentioned, you know, that that for some people they're they are they're working people and and going to you know in person classes in Corvallis or Bend. It doesn't work for them. What's your day job?
2: Yeah, so I'm a wraparound service coordinator for the Confederated Tribes of the Umatilla Indian Reservation Education Program, and as Lisa mentioned. Um, I couldn't I wouldn't have been able to drive to Corvallis and be at class by one o'clock in the afternoon. And by being able to take the online classes, I was able to work full time here at my home. I have four children who two of them are still, you know, in school. And it was easier for me to be able to take the e-campus classes and still work full time, still have my children, be here at our home um, while I'm pursuing, you know, my higher education.
1: Wow. But you have just so I can see the challenge of of going from where you live to to bend or Corvallis. That that seems impossible because you're also you have two school age kids and a full-time job. But it still seems remarkable to be able to fit in, and you also were were taking a a full course load. So it seems really hard to fit in a full course load even if you're doing it on your own time. I mean, what was your schedule like?
2: Um, So, I worked pretty much 40 hours a week and um, I was able, and that's the nice thing about eCamp, as, as Lisa mentioned, you know, there's different um, platforms at the take. So like with the teachers, they, they had office hours that I can contact them. There were Zoom hours that I could text them. I could call them. There was just so many non-traditional ways to communicate, not only with the teachers but with fellow students as well. And surprisingly, there's actually a lot of students that were on my eCampus um, classes that they worked as well. You know, they had full-time jobs, and it would be funny. We'd actually um, connect and. Um, let's say do a study group like at midnight. (laughs) Um, so I would literally I'd be working during the day, I'd get off of work, you know, I'd bring my kids to their extracurricular activities, um, get them home, feed them, do homework, put them to bed, and then my schoolwork would start probably about 10 o'clock that night. And sometimes it'd go till maybe two in the morning.
1: Yeah. 10 a 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., go to bed, wake up, get the kids ready for school, put in your eight hours of work, take them to whatever they needed, take care of dinner, and then it was, when they were asleep, it was back to college.
2: Yeah. Yeah yeah it, it it sounds crazy, but it was it was very doable because I can also do that on the weekends as well. So it wasn't like Monday through Friday this was happening. This was like I could especially on weekends I could literally spread my time out and when I knew, when, you know, material was due or this and that, then, you know, I could spread that out over the weekend as well. So it was really flexible. It was definitely doable. It's to say it and to literally think about that now. It's like, wow, that's a crazy schedule, but it's definitely doable. Very <laughs>
1: Lisa Templeton, why do you think that e-campus enrollment is increasing so much more than on-campus? So it was a 10% increase last year in e-campus enrollment, which was more than twice as much as enrollment uh, at the Cascades campus or the the, the main campus in Corvallis.
0: Yeah. So um, you may be aware, but nationally, there are over 40 million people in the U.S. with some college and no degree, right? And those are the people I really worry about the most because they've probably have debt. They've started school and they didn't finish. They don't have that benefit of the degree. And those are typically the students we're working with. There's so many of them out there that have started at one point um, their college, whether it be a community college at a university, many of them have started and stopped multiple times. And that's really who we're working with, these adult learners who wanna finish that degree. Um, So they're transferring in all sorts of different credit hours from different institutions. This is a big population. They want the benefits of that degree of, of completing. So we're really focusing on that. And it's a large growing population. The adult learner population nationally is growing faster. Than the traditional age. I'm sure you've heard about the demographic cliff with the 18 year olds going to college. So I think there's a couple things going on, right? We have this growing population um, who wanna finish. Um, and then we um, also at Oregon State, we were an early adopter of this. We um, we have a, a, a recognized trusted name in online education. I'd say our courses I, to anyone are the highest quality out there. Um, and so I think there's a few things that are really lined up: that um, this is a growing population, our recognition of high-quality programs, we have. Great student um, success and support services for adult students like Joanne. I mean, as crazy as the way she described her day and night working, that's really common. Hmm. Um, There are a lot of students out there. The majority of our students are doing similar things to Joanne. They're working full time. They um, have families, community responsibilities. So they need that flexibility. So I think those are some of the factors. People want to finish that degree. They need the flexibility of online. And Oregon State is a trusted brand for quality online education.
1: Are the courses that um, that have become most popular or the, the changes in popularity over time, are they the same for eCampus students as they are? For the brick-and-mortar campus, or are people attracted to different courses or majors in general on the eCampus?
0: Yeah. So we offer over 103 degrees and certificate programs online, and the majority of those are also offered on campus. And so, yes, some of our more popular programs um, that are uh, popular on campus or are also popular online, like computer science, business. But every now and then we create a, an online program and we're surprised at the popularity. And a good example is zoology. Uh, we developed zoology online and that really took off quickly so um, we, we, we have a good sense before we develop a program what the market is for that program. We do a lot of market research because it costs a lot to develop a high-quality program. and We want to make sure that we're meeting a market need, we're meeting learners' needs. So the majority of the programs that we offer um, that are high-enrolled are also high-enrolled on campus, but there are some, some others. But we're also doing some interesting things in the online space, we've launched a micro-credential pilot. So what we're doing here is, um, yes, our degrees are out there. So if a learner wants an entire degree, like Joanne wants to finish a degree, we have degrees. But we're also looking at ways that we can create programs that are shorter, less expensive, to help people upskill or reskill in their job. So we're bundling three different courses together and calling them a micro-credential and awarding a digital badge. So this is kind of in a pilot phase, but it's been really exciting. And then we're also looking at things like corporate corporate education, workforce education, and working with um, government agencies, corporations to provide online education to their workforce. So lots of different things going on. Um, we're testing some new things, but tried and true um, are these high demand programs that are on campus are very much high demand online as well.
1: Joanne, what did you choose to study?
2: Um, I chose to study because I wanted to further my education. I had um, already started, when I graduated high school, I went to community college. And, you know, it was a traditional community college. I was in classes, went to classes, that whole thing. And then, um, like Lisa stated, you know, as with a bunch of Ecampus students, life happened. You know, I met my husband, well, soon to be husband, and we had children. And then I started Oregon State University. And then, Um, my father started aging, so then I became a caregiver. So then juggling work, school, and, um, I had to leave Oregon state momentarily and do the caregiving thing. And then I returned back to Oregon state. And so just being able to have that flexibility and I wanted to, for the fact that like Lisa mentioned as well, you know, I wanted to continue finishing my education, um, I was making that investment in myself and as I work in the career like that I'm currently in um, it, just, it it's helped it's helped not only professionally but um, on a personal level as well
1: hmm. did you attend the graduation ceremony in person after attending school online
2: I did I am um, the really neat thing about um, their graduation is, so the main graduation for all students from Oregon State University happened at Research Stadium like on a Saturday. However, the day before they had graduation ceremonies for um, the different colleges. So mine was the College of Public Health. And um, the so the different departments had their own ceremonies and I went to those and that was fun as well. And then I was part of the Native American Um, club that they have down there. And so they had a graduation. So it was just so you just saw families and children and, you know, young kids and students. I mean, it was nice to actually literally meet um, fellow students who I've had discussion board posts with throughout the time that I was there to actually meet him in person. So that did, was really cool.
1: Did you feel like you were a part of a community? Like you knew people, like you had fellow students, I mean, throughout your time?
2: Oh, for sure. That, yeah, that, I guess when people think, oh, it's eCampus, you know, I'm not going to connect with anybody. That is like total, the op- it was totally opposite. I felt like I was such part of the community. And um, like I said, you know, that day before when we had our individual college and department graduations, you know, meeting the people that I've talked to or did discussion board posts with literally throughout the whole terms, you know, throughout different terms. um, It was nice to literally put a face to the name and actually physically see them in person. So, yeah, no, I definitely felt connected.
1: Hmm. Lisa Templeton, you mentioned that a lot of your students transfer from with credits from other places, maybe they're coming back to school, often that's the case. Given that, can you make an apples-to-apples comparison of in-person versus online student graduation rates?
0: We really try not to do that because there's such different populations. Um, You know, when a a campus student comes to Oregon State in Corvallis or Bend, Often they are tracked as the first-time full-time cohort. It means they're typically freshmen. They're 18 years old, and they take classes every term, a full load every term, and they graduate. Right? That's kind of the the, the typical, you know, um, first-year student. Our students, they like I've been and like Joanne, right? They came in with different amounts of credits things happen in their family and they stop out. <laughs> and and we see that often. Um, they stop out because a family member is ill or this is a term that they need to be with their child for um, a special event or a travel or something comes up and then they re-enroll the next term or two terms later. So we try not to look at the 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 same criteria to say, okay, well, these students are graduating at a faster rate than the online one students because it's kind of obvious they are. If you're taking a full load every term versus I'm taking one or two courses every term, um, it's gonna be different. So we do, we have many students who don't um, um, enroll full-time through campus. The majority of our students are part-time and they are just chugging along one or two classes every term, take a term off, one or two classes. So it takes them quite a bit of time to graduate.
1: Lisa Templeton and Joanne Malumalayumu, thanks very much.
0: Thanks so much thank for talking with us. Really appreciate
1: yeah. it. No, thank you. We very appreciate it. Lisa Templeton is vice provost for eCampus at Oregon State University. Joanne Malumalayumu was one of the students at the eCampus. She graduated from OSU. In 2023. Tomorrow on the show, for years, climate activists have asked the state to remove fossil fuel connected companies from the state's public investments, the money that goes to things like the public and employ- public employment retirement system. State treasurer Tobias Reed just put forward a plan that he says would take the pension fund to net zero by 2050. Our production staff includes Elizabeth Castillo, Roly Hernandez, Gemma DiCarlo, senior producer Allison Frost, and managing producer Shiraz Sadiq, Naline Silva, engineers the show, our technical director is Stephen Cray, and our executive producer is Sage Van Wing. If you don't want to miss any of our shows, you can listen on the NPR app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. There's also our netly rebroadcast at 8 p.m. Thanks very much for tuning in to Think Out Loud on OPB and KLCC. I'm Dave Miller. Have a great day. Think Out Loud is supported by Steve and Jan Oliva, the Rose E. Tucker Charitable Trust, Ray and Marilyn Johnson, and the Susan Hammer Fund of the Oregon Community Foundation.